here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. You know, we, uh... We had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Oh, right Jeff, now, Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes. It is our 99th episode. It is STR 99. I'm Rob McCarran. He's Jeff Hawkins. There ain't no stopping us now. We celebrate on the floor. Top down, we're ready to go. To all the people across every nation, turn it up and give me some more. Balloon guys! It's Bailey. <laughs> Bailey and Sasha Banks, the match that uh, people are looking forward to, the match that Sasha Banks is looking forward to. Match I'm looking forward to. Sasha Banks can't stop gushing about how she, well, you know badly she wants to wrestle this Bailey girl mm. at Takeover. What a well written storyline, yes. in my opinion. It is very good, especially the most recent weeks on TV. And uh, yes, you know, by the time everyone hears this, NXT will be over. But uh, yeah, Becky Lynch and Bailey, pretty much the final stop. You know, Bailey beat Charlotte last week on NXT. She mm-hmm. beats Becky Lynch this week on NXT. She's going through all the previous challengers, all the previous top uh, draws, the top competitors in the women's division in NXT, all on her road to see whether or not she can beat Sasha Banks for the NXT championship. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about NXT TakeOver. We're going to ask what you're most looking forward to. We're going to talk about the same thing with SummerSlam. We have mm-hmm. Steve Austin and Triple H, match number 70, what is it, 67, on our yes. Top 100 Countdown, the Top 100 matches on WWE Network you must see. Uh, match 67, the three stages of hell match, Triple H, Steve Austin, from No Way Out 2001. I posted. Uh, I just posted a little thing on our Twitter before we recorded. Uh, you know, Triple H versus Stone Cold, No Way Out 2001. And immediately people know what match, you know, I'm talking about. Like, this is one that, you know, even those who, I mean, 2001's kind of a long time ago, but in a way yes. not that long ago at the same at the same time. Because it seems like anything after 1998 is kind of still in this same era, believe it or not. Like, am I off there, you think? Um, No, not for you. It's not that long ago. It's right? your nostalgia. It's your nostalgia. It's my nostalgia right now, but still, it seems like anything, especially 2000 and beyond, because you still have a lot of the main players up until you know very recently. Uh, you know, every time the yeah. Rock comes back, uh, yeah. you have the same it's, players. It's like, no, it's like nothing has changed. It, it's weird, right? Because up. I mean, it's 15 years. Imagine if you were in 1997 talking about how 
you know, not distant 1982 felt. Exactly. It's so weird. Like yeah. it hasn't changed as rapidly as the 80s changed into the 90s and so forth. But we're going to talk about Triple H and Steve Austin. We're going to get into other stuff here and we're going to talk briefly about what we plan to do next week. Because next week we have two big shows to preview. Two big shows, SummerSlam and TakeOver uh, here on the WWE NXT-centric podcast, Shake Them Ropes. But there are other big shows coming up at the end of August, too. I mean, not to mention this weekend, the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 final. You are going at the end of the month to PWG's yes. uh, Battle of Los Angeles featuring the basically USA versus the world. Seems like Three the nights. theme. Three nights I'm going. I'm going to die, I think. <laughs> I never put it together that their theme for this uh, tournament was USA versus the world. You just put it to me now. So, okay. Yeah. Like that's what it seems like they're doing. And they've started to book it that way where you see the first round matches and so forth. And it's kind of not for all of them, but it seems like that's one kind of theme they're going for and they can do it. Cause I mean, Jesus, they got competitors from all over the place. It's crazy. Right. Uh, but you are going to go to three nights of insanity, the battle of Los Angeles. Um, it's been a rough week for you had a oh go ahead <laughs> yeah no for I mean the one thing that stands out is okay so we've been talking about it a little bit you know the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 tournaments going on yes and after each show I had been doing these brief like four to five minute video recaps where I put uh you know results standings talk about the matches talk about what happened and short little video clips mm-hmm on uh on the youtube on the youtubes but they are not there anymore on the voices of wrestling youtube at youtube.com slash voices of wrestling they are gone someone ratted you out someone ratted me out the old new japan got them pulled and it, that was i i found that out on uh, what thursday night like late thursday night friday morning mm-hmm. i believe it was so it's only been less than a week ago uh, so those little videos that I had been doing were completely gone. Haven't done one since just because it's been craziness and I don't want to further upset the wrestling gods, if you will. <laughs> um, but that happened. And that day I was flying out to San Diego for a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Like I just got back recently. I went, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. I was still there coming back home to San Diego. So all this was happening at the same time. And we did the last Shake Them Ropes we did was the the show on our memories of Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very interesting slash negative week, really. Mm. In a way, and well, it was positive for me. I got to talk three hours of Crockett with uh, the Talking Sheet guys. And then you went on Talking Sheet. So yeah. and that's the one other thing I'm finding out here. So I uh, I get this notice. <laughs> I get this notice of the G1 videos being taken down. The only good thing I've ever done with wrestling fandom with wrestling fandom was do these new Japan videos. People seem to like them a little bit and I was grateful for that. So they get taken down. New Japan spoils my hopes and dreams. Okay. And then I get a text message while I'm in San Diego, not paying attention to the outside world. Like literally anything could have happened in wrestling and I wouldn't have known about it until super late. Like Shane Victorino got traded to the angels and I didn't know about it for four days and I'm, <laughs> and I'm into baseball like crazy and I didn't know about it. Come on now. If something would have happened in wrestling, I wouldn't have known, right. but I get started. I start getting these Twitter messages <laughs> like Jeff Hawkins is leaving. Shake them ropes. 
Jeff Hawkins was considering leaving, shake them ropes. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell did this talking sheet do? Like, I'm trying to rip off Celia Bloom from them. Are they taking Jeff from me? No, no, I, no, no, no. I was just explaining that before we went into the top 100 list, we had just got we had gotten past you know the good vibes of a WrestleMania push. Yeah. And, you know, we're in that dol- the doldrums of burying Daniel Bryan for every week we oh, can. It was certainly a slow period because this was and, late summer. And, and NXT was kind of, you know, it was going through its paces. It was doing yes. some good things and whatnot. But it's just like, oh, I'm just tired of being negative for an hour. On the, I mean, I'm listening to myself complaining. I'm going, how can anybody listen to this? You know, so I was trying to find good stuff, but I was just, I found myself just ranting and ranting and ranting negatively. So I had drafted a thing. Hey, Rob, you know what? I might take a break. I might leave. You might want to find someone, you know, who's more to your demographic or more, more of a apologist for WWE. And, you know, and I decided not to send it. That That's all, that's all that is. It's, I'm not planning on leaving until at least we're through the top 100. And by then I'll be 60. So yeah, it's going to take a while. <laughs> so don't think too much about the future there. Oh no, I'm not. I, we, I, it, it was just, a, it was just a real story where yeah. I was just like, because we're WWE centric. I mean, you notice on those shows back then we were, you know, we we're veering off into PWG and new Japan talk and, and, you know, we we're going over the G one basically, which, which wasn't our, you know, wheelhouse necessarily. So but what, what happened for a while is we were doing like full raw reviews. Yeah. And like, then, I was trying to add in, hey, Rob, watch this classic match on the network yeah. so I have something to talk about. Yeah, we were we were doing like the full rundown of Raw, which, you know, so many people do. And it's not really what I when we first started this podcast, that's not what I wanted to do. Like right. I first, you know, the first thing I told you was I want to do like a PTI type thing where we just hit mm-hmm. the quick topics, which yes. is kind of what we do now. We talk about the big things. We don't really run down the Raw episodes, but it was getting to the point where nothing was happening that summer to where the only way to fill 45 minutes was to talk about what happened with Raw in depth. Yeah. And so we kept doing that. And then this, uh, thank, you know what? Thank God for WWE.com. Oh, yeah. Thank God for Joey Styles. Because they do this uh, top 100 matches on the WWE Network. I'm like, hey, Jeff, how about we run down these matches? Because I knew going in that I probably hadn't seen half of them. You know, anything post-1998, I've probably seen. But mm-hmm. before 1998... Uh, unless it was a really big time deal, I probably hadn't seen it just because I'm not going to go back and look at every single historic match. Cause there's too much currently to look for. Like we, we huh. talk about the new Japan G one going on. You talk about WWE content. Uh, you talk about like important matches that might be happening on the Indies. There's really no time for me to go back to look at this classic stuff. Like I'm amazed you do, but you watch your WWE and then you watch the classic stuff. Yeah. And so you got to kind of pick and choose and I'm picking and choosing the current stuff. I've always picked and choose or picked and chosen the current stuff. And uh, yeah, so this is this WWE.com list of the top 100 matches certainly helps out quite a bit because I, I get some enjoyment talking about those with you and you give me historical perspective and hopefully anyone out there that's following along with us is enjoying it too. And uh, we're getting, I we're just, how many weeks will it take to get halfway? I think Christmas time. Yeah. Christmas time will be about halfway through uh, going on this as uh, next week is episode 100 of this show, by the way. Woohoo! I made it. I never thought we would made it or make it. And then, of course, I get this news that Jeff is leaving me and I really never thought. (laughs) Surprise. And notice, Jeff, notice, Jeff, how uh, 
how I like having you a part of this show because I didn't even make the easy joke that if I traded you for Celia, I'd get the winning side of that trade. I didn't you've even already, do that. You've already, well, because it's not true because you've already ticked off those guys by creeping on her. I didn't creep on her. You creeped on her. Oh, I did not. You did. I really didn't. <laughs> if it came off, all I want to do is try to get guests for the show. We talk about right. like backstage inside uh, politics here, trying to get guests for the show. And like, you know, the, the women's division in WWE had just begun. Mm-hmm. I like to get someone who's been following that closely to come on and talk about it. And I thought it was an easy, for lack of a better term, easy target, if you will. Like, oh, hey, you talk about the women. Let's get you on the show. And we had a good relationship with Talking Sheet. At the same time, I was trying to get less on the show. So it's not right. like I was just creeping on her. Okay. But, yeah, whatever. Like It was, it was my favorite part of your interview with them. I'm not going to get that? either one of them now. You know what? They're banned. <laughs> less and Celia are banned from the show. I'll have Hugh on. Well, we might have a female next week, so you'll be good. Oh, and it's not even about it's not even about having a woman to talk the women's division. It's having okay. someone who follows the total divas okay. and all this because uh, I don't watch total divas and you don't. No. Okay. And there's not many people I know that do, but I knew she did. So mm-hmm. I'm like, she can talk about the because it's starting to mix together. I mean, the total divas angles eventually are going to mix in with this whole divas revolution thing. You know, they're going to talk about it on on total divas. Yeah. Eventually, I, ha- I have. I have fears about that, but we'll get into that when we start talking NXT. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's so that was what go, was going on this weekend. Is I, I'm wondering what happened with you in this interview with Talking Sheet. I'm wondering mm-hmm. what's going on with uh, with the YouTube thing. The YouTube thing's still in flux. I mean, I don't want to go too much into it, but I mean, we're still going to have the YouTube channel. We're still doing videos, um, but we got to get some situations fixed out with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling here. You can right follow our the- YouTube. Have you written to their legal department yet? Going, can I just use these clips if I don't spoil things? I've, uh, I've, I've made outgoing procedures. Okay, we'll cool. leave it. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, follow us at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Follow uh, the YouTube channel VoicesOfWrestling.com/slash/YouTube. Um, but yeah, how was Talking Sheet for you? Oh, it was a blast. We talked. Uh... We talked UWF, Jim Crockett merger, and then we talked Crockett Cup 87, which I had sent to them. Hey. And it was it was just, it was me in my wheelhouse. And I enjoyed every moment of it. And they're great guys, and they're good friends of the program, and they always hype us up. So go give them a follow as well. If you have, uh, <laughs> if you can get through the six hours of Voices of Wrestling uh, Mothership, the one hour plus of us, and uh, three hours of them twice a week. Yeah, go listen. Go listen to Hugh, Les, and Celia. Two of the three will never appear on this show ever, uh, but you can go listen to them at Pro Wrestling on Twitter. That's right, at Pro Wrestling. Les Moore is the guy who has the at Pro Wrestling and, Twitter handle. And their site is Sheet Sandwich, S-H-E-E-T-S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H.com. Sheet Sandwich. Yeah, you were talking about the old stuff. I talked about the new stuff. One thing I could have mm-hmm. done without is you... Uh, you going behind the curtain here? Like, let, let's talk about how the sausage is made, folks. Okay, we watched the Dusty Rhodes, uh, what was it, Dusty and Ric Flair, right? From Starcade, yes. 1985. Yes. Okay. Wait, I, I went into something? And then, okay. we, and then we see the Manny Fernandez <laughs> angle in the back, and I see the mullet, and yeah, okay. And then I'm doing Talking Sheet later that day. So he yeah. asked me, what is my favorite mullet? And I give him the Manny Fernandez. 
How am I ripping you off there? We both saw it. I know, but I—I I mean, I explained he had just seen it. I—it I, wasn't—it wasn't a secret. I mean, I'm not—I wasn't burying you. I was just angry that that was going to be my answer for best mullet. And it was like I was listening to the show. It's like, ah, oh, Manny Fernandez. I went, oh, damn yeah. it. Yeah, I beat you to it. I so know. you know what a man does? A man doesn't say, oh, Rob stole my answer a million times to make it seem like I'm some bad guy. <laughs> a man makes a new answer. You know what? Oh, or you can say, or you can swallow the pride, Jeff. Oh, and you I don't say, get much of it. you know what? Rob said this first because Rob is better and he's great. <laughs> but I also enjoy Manny Fernandez's mullet with the blonde streak in the middle. This show is derailed. So, so I'll and... steal Rob's answer, not the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> Rob, you get tons of praise for New Japan. I don't get any you get praise. tons of praise for this going is, on the this mothership. Is what, this is what I wrestling. get. Give no. me my little do. Okay, the, my little piece of heaven. What I, what I get is... <laughs> DMCA takedown notices. <laughs> what I get is frustration over having to find a new co-host because I don't know all the details. <laughs> what I get is last minute trips to San Diego for weddings and I don't even actually get to do any of the good stuff in San Diego. I mean, the wedding was fun. Well, no one made you go to that. That's well, eh, eh, kind of. Oh, never mind. <laughs> kind of. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's what I get. That's what I okay. get. You, okay. know what, you know what Daniel Bryan gets these days? You are a cranky pants today. I'm not cranky. I'm I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> well, okay. So, I mean, also we're doing the show. <laughs> we're doing the show right now via a mobile hotspot that I'm afraid is just going to go down any second. <laughs> because there's no internet in this house. Because Frontier Fios is going nuts in my area. And they don't know how no one has internet. But that no one does. So, I'm using my phone. And everyone who's ever used a phone for mobile hotspot knows it's good for emailing, it's good for web browsing. But how on earth have we done a Skype call for 20 minutes so far? And this has stayed up. I have no idea. Well, I just hope you hit record. Oh, I just had to panically look <laughs> and make sure I did. Because I also am doing this weird thing. Like, I have my uh, little studio set up here. Right. And I'm very DIY right now. I have a cardboard box that I ripped in half and put some foam paneling. I put some foam on the inside of this cardboard box and now have it around my microphone because every time I listen on headphones to our show, I feel like I'm too echoey. Okay. So I'm trying to stop that. So I'm trying some different things right now. Last week I had the microphone on the table, which didn't work because I could hear when I was writing things, the microphone was kind of jiggling back and forth and I could hear it. Maybe no one else did. I don't know, but I did. So now I got the I got the microphone back up on the arm. I got it standing by itself. I got this foam around here so that I don't sound so echoey, so that we both sound professional and good. Cause I'm weird. <laughs> a lot, a lot going on. Rob, Rob, just take a deep breath. Timestamp this. I really, timestamp this I really right now. This is when wrestling talk starts. Daniel Bryan. On. There you go. Turning into Mick Foley, like nonstop now, because now, I mean, the last couple of appearances, and I'm wondering if they should be worried about having Daniel Bryan on TV so often where he can't do anything physical and other people have to fight his battles for him. Because mm-hmm. this is another one of those times where the Ryback had to come down and the Ryback fights the battle for Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan is just the weakling there in the corner who watches because he can't do anything. Should they no, just I mean, there, no, there's a strategy to it. It's the hometown pop and you put that goodwill towards the returning Ryback. That's all it is. I mean, we don't know if Daniel Bryan's coming back. 
they're going to they're going to run his goodwill into the ground as much as they can because he has a new book out. You know, every time he has a project or every time they can get something out of him when he's not a wrestling star, of yeah. course. So, so, so you're I not mean, worried at any point that they do this too often. Like, I, I oh, know no. he has a book I coming think, out. It I makes sense. They, I think they do it way too often. I okay. think they do everything way too often. But this is what they do. The 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 pieces can switch around. It's all about the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I just I wonder at some point if it's going to be too much Daniel Bryan being the weakling, uh, and people start because what if he does come back? Then he comes back and no one actually takes him seriously as a wrestler. I don't know. I well, at, at no. this point he's going to be a mid Carter for life, right? So maybe it doesn't oh, yeah. matter. Yeah, no, he's he's going to be he's at never, the top of the mid card. Yeah, he's never main eventing a show again. He's never getting anything important thrown his way because they can't trust him to stay healthy. And you know what? They're smart for that. You know, all the biggest oh. Daniel Bryan fans in the world should realize they're smart for never putting him in a top thing again. Mm, no, I disagree. No, they never should. It's, Maybe in a top angle where he loses in the end just to kind of get that push, but he can't be in any important angles that you expect a long-term program from because you don't even know if he's going to come back from a concussion he suffered months and months ago. How can you expect him to not take one bad bump that may not even injure him, but may knock him loopy a little bit? Like, you can't trust well, him to do anything. Well, no, it doesn't matter if if you... Uh, no, you're, you're looking at it from their point of view, which is if he comes back, he's going to have to be on every show, every week, twice a week, and the house shows on weekends. No, you come back, you bring him back and you protect him a little bit. You don't put him in a ladder match immediately after coming back from a near career threatening injury. You know, you make him special because he is special and because the people want him to be special. You don't, you know, you don't, uh, and, and you also don't take all the yes, yes, yes chance and try and co-op them for say Stephanie and Hunter. You know, you, you, you treat him well as opposed to try and run him into the ground just because Vince's work ethic is he works 20 hours a day and maybe sleeps a couple of hours. Okay, but what if, okay, if, 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 he, if they think he's never coming back, right? Right. Wouldn't it be smart to try and get the yes over with somebody else? No. No, you just let because it die? Not, 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 until, not until you're sure. Not until you're dead certain. And even then, you know, it's like what they did when they put Flair with the Miz. That didn't help him get over. Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's the same theorem. And and plus they already tried to co-op yes to four different people. Was it? Was it like Del Rio, Big Del, Show, Del Stephanie. Rio had it. Big Show, uh, Stephanie, Brie Bella. Brie Bella. Yeah. Yeah. And she already, I mean, she's the natural heir apparent and she's still doing it and right. she's a heel, which is ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> We're going to have... I don't really think you can call it a blow off, but one of the matches now announced for SummerSlam is going to be the Divas Revolution elimination match. All three teams, all three members. It's a nine person elimination match. Team Bella, PCB, the new name for Paige, Charlotte, and Becky, and then Team Bad. You're going to have all nine of them in there. Mm -hmm. We're going to ask both of us here in a little bit what we're most excited for. But this may be one of the more intriguing matches to see who actually comes away with a victory. If it's one, not just the team that comes away with a victory, but the person, person that is left standing, if it indeed only comes down to one or two people left standing. Uh, but the overall thoughts on the Divas Revolution match being added. I'm going to put my Dennis Miller hat on right now. Oh, no, don't. I, I, why do you even own a Dennis Miller hat? That seems weird. <laughs> 
I haven't seen a revolution this botched in the second act since I went to a middle school production of Les Miserables. Sasha, babe, make like Eponine and go on your own. <laughs> yeah, it, you should. You should probably yeah. throw that hat out. Oh, come on! Yeah. Uh, it's it, well, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> with here, so whatever. Um, no, it, oh man, this presentation was terrible. I mean, th- th- this Raw was both the best of what WWE does well in terms of having great matches with great performers, and then what they did with this Divas Revolution, which is the worst. They they stuck them out there, uh, and by them I mean PCB on commentary, and we're feeding them lines as opposed to letting them be themselves, and they just they, they stunk on ice. <laughs> you can do it with flair. <laughs> that monotonous line from Charlotte, and then Becky just yeah I'm I try hard or whatever it was she said. It was just like oh it was it was cringe inducing. Meanwhile the match was pretty good in the ring. Yeah. So. Just, it's it's weird saying this after you get Becky and Charlotte up and Sasha Banks up and you do this whole thing and the best of the NXT women are now on WWE TV and still after all this the best all around team is still Team Bella. Yes. And and what they did was oh we're having this revolution this industry changing thing and they stuck them all in the same box they do with the male counterparts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sasha is Sasha screams the biggest star of the entire oh, God, group. Yes. A Sasha Nikki Bella program, if they wanted to do it, could be huge. But they're both on the bad side right now. Uh, but the Bellas overall, I mean, Alicia Fox going in there. You have Nikki Bella, who you know is a star. Brie Bella, who people still want to cheer for when they're presented her as a babyface. Um, Brie mode. Brie mode, and the best theme song in WWE. So what are you gonna do? Uh, so you have the Bellas there. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who they keep uh, going at it. I know you were freaking out last night because they taped SmackDown in Portland. Hold on. I did not freak out. I just said, oh, my God. But okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, so Jeff freaked out a little bit last <laughs> night on Twitter uh, over a match result that was making waves over the Twitter sphere. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks was a dark match on SmackDown. A lot of people okay. didn't realize it was a dark yeah, match. They thought it was the main event, I think. They thought it was on the main event show. And Becky Lynch defeated Sasha Banks in this dark match. Now, they do a uh, Divas tag team match on SmackDown. So they were just kind of putting uh, two of them out there on TV, uh, or at least not the TV taping, but not on TV. And Becky got the win here. Mm-hmm. And because she's the one, probably, right? I mean, the one that shouldn't be losing is Sasha Banks at this point. Correct. Not just for Most, the NXT side, not just because no, she's not the NXT for, champion, yeah, but for WWE she, side. Yeah. For for the dual build, for the build for the NXT match and for the build for this nine-person match. You know, but of course my concern is that they're going to end up building up Sasha to lose to either Nikki or Charlotte. That's the thing. That's the end game here. And, and I don't have I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but with necessarily the Nikki Bella aspect of it. The Charlotte aspect, she's clearly outclassing her at every step of the way. So it's, you know, it was mildly frustrating to see, oh, they they put, they they let Sasha lose on main event, which was what the original report was. And I just went, oh my God, really? Because you know she's losing once over the weekend. Yeah, probably. 
Uh, definitely, I would say, on that definitely. Saturday, for sure. Yeah, she's losing on Saturday. So so that's one, uh, the Divas Revolution match added to SummerSlam. Right now we have seven matches mm-hmm. for SummerSlam. Lesnar and Taker. Yes. The Intercontinental Three-Way, Ryback, Big Show, and Miz. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and John Cena for the World Belt. Mm-hmm. The Divas Revolution match. Check. Stephen Amell and Neville. Going up in a tag team match against Stardust and Wade King, Bad News Barrett. Mm-hmm. The tag title four-way, Lucha Dragons, New Day, Los Matadores, and the Primetime Players. And then a tag team match, the Wyatt family of Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt going up against Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. So I ask you, Jeff, yes, because we'll do the preview for this show next week. I ask you now, though. Of those matches listed, or maybe something that hasn't even been made official yet, what are you looking most forward to at SummerSlam? I am most emotionally invested in this Divas program, so I'm most interested in that. All right, well, we just talked about that, so let's pick something else. Uh, I'm actually fascinated to see how Stephen Amell does in a ring. Because the guy does parkour. He's very, very fit. He looked like a million bucks on TV on Raw, I thought. He can move. He has coordination. I'm I'm fascinated to see what he does. He he has that personality, and so far what we've seen on TV, especially this week on Raw, he's the type that, okay, most people probably don't know who he is, but they're not going to crap on him for that, and they're going in with an open mind and letting him impress them. Like, the fans yeah. reacted pretty good to Stephen Amell, and it's not just because he's going up against Stardust, but it's like, okay, this... This is kind of cool. Like he looked competent. Yeah, he, he didn't look like he didn't look like a Hollywood actor. I mean, I, the, the closest that this has come is probably the Hugh Jackman when he right. threw the punch during yes. the uh, uh, Zack Ryder match. Yeah, because sometimes you get these actors in here and people are just you know groaning like, "Oh, geez, another actor. We came to see wrestlers." Blah blah blah. But they're they're letting you know Stephen Amell impress them, and and the actors are usually, oh, "I'm just here to plug my thing. Right. Let me do it and get out of here." No, Amell's invested he, in it. He's loving it. He's having yeah. a good time. So that's a tag team match. Um, I, I'm looking really forward to see what they do with John Cena and the World Heavyweight Championship because this match, whichever way they go, in theory, will dictate what they do the rest of the year, right? Whether John Cena is back cemented as the world champ again or whether Steven or uh, Seth Rollins ends up being the smarmy bad guy champion for a long period of time. Because if, or- if Rollins doesn't lose the belt here, he's not losing for a while. If Cena or, wins the belt, he's not losing it for a while. Or, or what? Sheamus. No, Sheamus. there's no nothing going on with Sheamus here. Okay. I find well. it. You know, I, I think he'll have his match with Orton. We always we always do this with the Money in the Bank, Jeff. We always yeah, do it. I know. Like, oh, it makes sense for him to do the briefcase here. This is how you can do the briefcase here. Oh, they're and not. Gonna, always, they're not, right. they, they're they not going to because because Cena has a new shirt yeah. with. With another title reign added to it, so I think it's another title reign added to it. Doesn't say fifteen, or is he on fifteen? He's right on now? fifteen. Okay, well they they're they're commemorating that, so they'll, they'll get yeah. rid of that warehouse of shirts so that they can put sixteen on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do. It makes sense for a John Cena win, but I mean, Seth Rollins still the champion. As a match, I'm actually looking most forward. I'm seeing. I want to see this Kevin Owens Cesaro match. That's another one that. Yep, Kevin Owens and Cesaro. So we got a lot of matches that uh, may not be technically official yet, but we're most likely going to see. We could always see a four way too. We could always see you know a singles match four way, even though we already have the tag team match four way. But they got four hours to fill 
on this pay-per-view. You know what? I'm most excited for that. I'm most excited to sit down for five hours and watch the SummerSlam pre-show and SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, because four hours of New Japan every other day or four days in a row is not enough. Hey, the G1 will be a week over. Mm-hmm. So I'll be recovered from that. The problem is this four-hour SummerSlam is coming after NXT TakeOver on a Saturday night. I mean, there's a lot of WWE wrestling on a weekend. A this weekend in summer. Us, this is why they pay us the big bucks, Rob. Right. Yeah. No. All the big oh. bucks were taken away when New Japan shut me down. <laughs> as if there were any big bucks there. I love I, have, I love I it. It's, a- it's hurting their business. I'm making zero dollars. Okay. Question for me to you. Yes. This misreported, possibly, uh, Kevin Dunn, Kevin Owens, he's fat, making comments on TV. Any opinions on that at all? No, he's fat. Everyone knows it's not something that's being hidden. And some people, Mr. Kevin Dunn, whether it was Kevin Dunn who did this or not, because no one credible is saying that it was Kevin Dunn. Well, I mean, what are you asking me? That I right. do I think no, it was I'm, even Kevin Dunn, or do I? No, no, what do no, I no, think no, about the comment? No. no, what are you? What are your opinions of these kinds of comments making it out on promo? They're stupid. I agree. Don't, I just don't I, highlight I, the negative. What happened to Ric Flair yes. highlighting the positives about how the guy's the greatest in the in the ring, but you're the you're even better? Yeah. No. I mean, even like he he plugged. I work for the greatest wrestling company there is. Even including guys like Dusty and Hawk and, you know, and you're good, Dust, but I'm, yeah, but exactly. You you nailed it on the on the head. You accentuate the positives. And these kind of cheap shots, I mean, it's dirty pool because a guy like Kevin Owens can't look at Randy Orton and go, well, did you fail your last wellness test? You know, have you shot up lately? And those kinds of snarky little comments back. It's so middle school. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? Big fat guys can be great barroom brawlers. People have been doing it for years. It's how Tank Abbott made a name for himself. So, so cut this crap. They can have that toughness legitimacy without looking like baby-oiled fitness models. Yeah, I mean, it's just another scenario of writing for Vince because you got to know the writers in that room know that Vince McMahon thinks that of Kevin Owens. You know, he's yeah. a fat guy. Okay. He's not the most athletically gifted. He's not the most well-built human being. So they're pointing it out so that Vince McMahon can have a laugh and show that, you know, the true best in WWE have to look like Randy Orton. They can't look like Kevin Owens. That said, Orton looked great in that match. Orton Both was fantastic matches. with Seth Rollins. I thought, yep. I thought he was great in, with Seth. I thought a he was three-way. great in that triple threat. I, I mean, those two matches were phenomenal. I thought Randy Orton's good people. First ballot Hall of Famer. I've, I've turned the corner on him in terms of being an in-ring presence. I used to just find him going through the motions. I, I, I find him engaging now, although <laughs> I could do without 800 matches with Sheamus in a row. Hall of Famer Randy Orton. In before Sting. In before Sting. In before Sting. Does that hurt you a little bit? Not as much as the Manny Fernandez mullet. Don't leave the show! <laughs> I'm not leaving. Continue. NXT TakeOver. We have six matches yes. for NXT TakeOver. Uh, with the f- we, still got, uh, we still got tonight's NXT. We got NXT taping TV tomorrow, Thursday. They are taping mm-hmm. at full sale because there's still uh, one week of television before the actual TakeOver show. 
Now, whether we just get a, like a one hour preview of TakeOver, which is what I expect to happen. I expect just getting a one hour little preview on a Wednesday night and not any new content. I don't know exactly what we're going to see with this taping tomorrow because you would have to figure all the taping is going to be for matches that air after TakeOver. I so think we'll, so. Will they give the, gonna... Will they yeah. give things away? I mean, because mm-hmm. only the 400 people in full sale will necessarily see it. And I don't think any... Really, you can do this with NXT because the people don't really care about the results. Like, NXT shows are usually pretty predictive. Like, everyone knows what's going to happen, and they still love it anyway. Yeah. For the most part. So I'm curious to see what they do with these TV uh, tapings here tomorrow. But the main event ladder match, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens for the NXT Championship. Of course, you got Bailey and Sasha for the Women's Championship. Jushin Thunder Liger finally uh, made official with the whole presentation on NXT last week going up against Tyler Breeze. There's mm-hmm. a uh, Jushin Liger short, like, 45-second uh, promo, if you will. A little thank you to the fans. You know, Jushin Liger saying, I can't wait to go to uh, a WWE ring for the first time. It's up on Twitter. You can check that out. Uh, Samoa Joe, Baron Corbin. The debut of Apollo Crews, the former UHA Nation. Uh and the tag team championships, Blake and Murphy against the Vaude Villains. Now, before I ask you what you're most looking forward to, there are two different things on this show. First, I want to ask you, who do you think Apollo Crews is going to wrestle? Because CJ Parker is gone. CJ Parker <laughs> annou- announcing his retirement took my answer. <laughs> from the ring. So you can't pick CJ Parker. He's gone. Right. And then, as Steven Regal intimated on NXT TV... William Regal. As William Regal intimated (laughs) on NXT TV the other week, the vaudevillains have to figure out a way to neutralize Alexa Bliss. So does that mean we're going to get a debuting female on the side of the vaudevillains? So first question, who does Apollo Crews wrestle? Solomon Crow. It's Solomon Crow. There's only one right answer. He is the new CJ Parker. There you go. Like almost the same career, almost the same everything. Almost the same skin tone. Or Ty Dillinger, one Super of the two. Orange. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be Ty Dillinger because he's debuting the perfect 10 gimmick. I don't think he's a guy you okay. can just throw out there for uh for a new person. I don't know. I mean, then he he was obviously like right up there among the candidates before the right. debut of Perfect 10. You're right. But now I think Solomon Crow's it. I think he's that he's slotted as that guy right now. And then the second question is how do the vaudevillains neutralize Alexa bliss? Oh boy. This might be one of the new repackaged girls or you know what? I'm thinking Devin Taylor or Devin here. It could be Devin. They got the new announcer. They got Dasha doing the... They got uh, Dasha. You know, Devin has been working all these house shows. She's the one that's been padded by Dana Brooke, but I would have thought that would be the introduction for Devin is with Dana Brooke and not Alexa Bliss. But you can get a repackaged woman. You can get someone new. You can get that, uh, you know, the Daddy-O girl. Gianna Daddy-O. Yeah, that would be one. You could could do something with the... uh, who is uh, who's Seth's uh, girl? The tattooed lady? Zara Schreiber? Yeah. Could do Zara she, Schreiber. She, 
You, she could fit in. She could I fit in with the VOD villains. I don't know. Do you think? Really? No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I'm, I, was, so. I was just thinking who'd make a good circus character. She goes. She goes with Baron at some Sarah point. Sarah Del Rey. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I don't know what they're gonna do. I I don't know what tricks they're gonna I, have I, up their sleeve. But they're I intimating think, that there's gonna be a new female here. I think it would probably be Devin. All right. I you, think that I think that's the call to make. Okay. You you have Alexis. You have. I mean Alexis. Alexa kind of do the dismissive thing to her as well before the match. And then during the match, she comes down to a big pop or something to that effect. I still think it's a mistake to have the Vaude villains here. I think you put the tri tri city boys here and you get that massive hometown reaction and put the belts on them. But what do I know? I don't know what you know. This is why I ask these questions. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you disagree or are you just like nonplussed by the whole thing? Oh, I don't disagree. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who's down there and fully ready. I mean, Devin seems like the most obvious answer. No, no. I meant about the Tri-City. Oh, about the Tri-City guys? Oh. Yeah. I don't. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, I think I think they might debut on TV, honestly. I do, too. Just because I mean, of the way they close. were so quickly removed from NXT storylines. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? They were so quick to be gone. Well, they were gone, and then they put them back on as job guys almost for Jordan and uh, Gable. Jordan and Gable, the Vaude villains, everybody. Yeah. Wilder and uh, the other guy. Yeah, the mechanics. Yeah. I mean, Dawson, I mean, what are you doing there? Awesome. Uh, it was just weird how quickly they were taken off. I don't know. Uh, so they could very well make it on WWE TV. Uh, and you got Zack Ryder and Mojo Raleigh who don't seem long for NXT. It seems like they were just doing something for them to kind of get them ready. So I don't know. I mean, maybe there is going to be a tag team influx on WWE TV in the coming months. Who knows? Jeez. I mean, I thought, I thought that the hype bros were, were, <laughs> I was either going to be the hype bros or the tri city guys getting the titles at. Yeah. It would make sense, but no, the vaude villains yeah, in Brooklyn, New York of villains. all people. Okay. What are you doing? I don't know. Uh, so what are you most looking forward to, to take over? Oh, Sasha and Bailey without question are going to, are going to put it all out there. Although a close second is Samoa Joe and uh, Baron Corbin, just, just for the, what the hell are they going to do? I think, well, <laughs> okay. Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin did pretty well with Rhino. I thought on yeah. takeover Baron Corbin's not bad. He gets it. He's, He's going to be a bad guy going in there against Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe is going to be in Brooklyn, New York, with all these people that want to cheer Samoa Joe. So I think yes. it'll work out as long as it doesn't go too long. I Well, I, I think the match will be fine. I just don't know who's going over in that match. It, it'll be a real test to see if they kind of have given up on Samoa Joe being a big-time yeah. plan in NXT. Especially since, you know, they're kind of building him towards that feud with Owens for the belt, and then now Owens is up on the main roster, and they haven't really slotted him in against Finn at all. So, well, that's another one where we talked about that. The mystery month between TV tapings where everything just seemed to change like so yeah. quickly because Samoa Joe was a guy. They had the one match with Kevin Owens and then done mm -hmm. just gone. Like they, I mean, it was a reboot. It was a reboot of NXT. It seemed like for a lot of different, uh, a lot of different storylines. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I mean, we've seen Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. We saw it from the Japan special, you know, I, I don't think there's any real drama in this one because it's just going to be a big win for Finn Balor. I don't see Kevin Owens getting the belt back, so the, the drama is taken out for me. Uh, but yeah, Bailey and Sasha in front of that crowd, what, a lot of people will go in there thinking 
if they're if they can react heavily to this show, like I I see the fans going into Brooklyn at the Barclays Center on this night to make Bailey and Sasha Banks the main event feel. Yes, and I think I think it's also with that crowd to really try and make Bailey a star. Yeah. Now 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 whether or not Bailey's goodwill ends up being transferred to either Eva Marie or. Dana Brooke as a transitional champ, I don't know because I've thought about that a bit. But you know, you have <laughs> you have kind of the news going around that both Charlotte and Becky are wearing Bailey bracelets while up on the main roster. You have this hot Brooklyn crowd that knows that this is going to be Sasha's last match probably before going full time uh, back to the roster. And Bailey's kind of the lone person out, and they're very sympathetic to the people they've been loyal to. I think there's going to be a big push to make Bailey a star here from that crowd. Yeah, no, I can see it. I think the crowd is going to play a big part in how this show uh, looks mm-hmm. at uh, NXT TakeOver. Uh, did you have any idea, Jeff, that this week on Blu-ray and DVD, Volume 3 of the very best of WCW Monday Nitro was released? <clears throat> okay. They made a big deal of the first one when it came out. They didn't make quite as big of a deal as the second one. And then the third one slipped completely under the radar. Yeah. Completely. Because they want to push the network. Like some of these DVDs, they don't really want to push. They want you to go watch Nitro on the network, not buy the DVD as a one-time purchase. They want you to go buy the network and subscribe to it month after month after month. But I like, they, they do the two DVDs for the best of Nitro. And I wonder what they can even put on a third DVD of the best of Nitro. Like haven't they hit all the high spots yet? Oh, the, that, that lost period of the last year and a half. Yeah, they, I mean, there's a lot of 1999 on here. Not too much 2000, and there's no 2001. So, I, you know, I, I can't really remember what's on the previous DVDs, but oh, I guess there is some 2001 on here after all. But, uh, yeah, not a whole lot. A lot of Jeff Jarrett, so, you know, I'm going to have to go buy it. Mm. But, yeah, WCW, the best of Nitro. You can get it on Amazon on Blu-ray and DVD, voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon. And you can get that. I thought it was interesting because I, I didn't know until today. Like, it was in, like, the uh, Bix's Daily Update today. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I had no idea. Hosted by <laughs> Booker T. I don't even know if it's hosted by Booker T. He's just on the cover here, so I think it might be Booker T. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, a match that you can find on the network, Jeff. Hmm? Austin, Triple H, Three hmm. Stages of Hell. From No Way Out 2001, the pay-per-view directly before WrestleMania 17. We're going to talk about this. It is match number 67 on the best 100 matches to watch on WWE Network, as told by WWE.com. At the time, Dave Meltzer recommended this at four and three-quarter stars. Mm. Triple H, Steve Austin, Jeff Hawkins. What'd you think? The most intense personal rivalry in WWE history will end tonight. Um, <laughs> four and three quarter stars. I wouldn't give it that now. I'd give it, you know, it's high. It's, you know, three and a half, four. Um, it's odd. I watched this. I enjoyed it overall, but it doesn't have a special feel to me, I guess. Really? Maybe just, just, well, just because. I don't, None of the stories were resolved, and they just kept repeating them overall. I mean, this is Triple H full-on game mode 
where he's trying to outsmart people. I thought the story was clever because the story of the match is, of course, Triple H um, or Austin beats Triple H in the first fall, which is a straight wrestling match. So, and that was for personal pride. It was for bragging rights. Right. Who was the best wrestler of the two? Yes, because of course you have to cut that little slightly digging promo. You're not as good a wrestler as I am. Um, the second match, uh, Triple H beats Austin in a street fight, which of course is seen as his specialty. Yep. And then kind of a fluke finish for we the did, cage. We did have a little bit of a fluke finish, but sometimes in matches that happens. You That's just got to be the one not but on your a, back. But they're but they're building this as a blow off. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a blow off, and two months later they were tag team partners. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it was very interesting dynamic, and especially one of the longer programs you'll see in modern WWE because this started, in theory, at Survivor Series 1999. Yeah. Although not really in earnest until Survivor Series the next year. So at that point, it was kind of a regular program time length wise. But when Steve Austin went out for his next surgery and they had, they had, they had the uh, car run him over. Like at the end of the day, one year later, that was revealed to be at the doing of Triple H. So yes. that is technically where the program begins in WWE canon. And then mm-hmm. you got Survivor Series the next year where Triple H tries to do it again but Austin outsmarts him where we got the infamous dropping of the car from 20 feet high on a forklift. No, don't, don't. And Triple H, you know, comes away unscathed. Yeah. (laughs) No, that, that was more ridiculous than this. This has, this has a lot of your favorite WWE tropes in it. It does. Oh, the contract. Well, not the match, but the build. No, I know. The build is crazy because you have those two car crash angles. Yeah. The car crash angles. As you're about to allude to the contract. The contract signing where Triple H does not sign the contract and Vince gives that clever, oh my, look on his face after he hits him because they weren't supposed to touch each other lest they be suspended for six months. But of course, Triple H never signed the contract, so there's no match signed, so he can beat on him all he wants. And then and so in retaliation, he signs it. yes, then signs it. And then in retaliation, this is, uh, this is when violence against women was still okay in wrestling. Uh, <laughs> well, it was okay for a while because Randy Orton yeah. was beating up Stephanie for a while. But yeah, we yeah. had we had the retribution of both guys because yeah. they couldn't touch each other. They couldn't touch each other, so they touched uh, people that were close to them. Yeah, they, Austin they gives fought, the stunner. Austin gives the stunner to Stephanie. Yes, and then Triple H gives the pedigree to Jim Ross. Yep. When people uh, still watch SmackDown, by the way. Yeah. SmackDown was a big deal back in the 2001s. Well, when attacking JR was still a big deal, too. Absolutely. <laughs> so this had a lot of craziness in the pre-match buildup, a lot of ridiculousness because they couldn't touch each other. This was this heated feud where Steve Austin lost a year of his career because of Triple H. Right. Triple H lost a day of his life to Steve Austin with the with the car angle from the forklift. <laughs> and then they're beating up each other's, you know, significant others, Jim Ross and Stephanie. Right. And they can't touch each other. <laughs> can't lock up or else or else the ramifications were Austin would lose his title match at WrestleMania and Triple H would be suspended for six months. Yes. Because why not? Which would also mean he would be out of WrestleMania. A WrestleMania, by the way, when this match happened, he didn't have a match for yet. All right. Because he was trying to work his way into the main event in the title match. Yes. And he still and th- couldn't even by defeating Steve Austin in the fluke finish we're about to talk about. Right, and both of them were trying to beat Kurt Angle to get the title. Right. And they were both screwing each other out of those matches as well. Yeah. So, um, really, I mean, it was, it was creative in a way. It was you very creative. 
It, I mean, it was a creative uh, way. And then they had, this was Vince McMahon ordering the feud that it must end. So he has these three stages of hell with the first stage being the personal pride, the second being the street fight, and then you would figure a steel cage should end it all. And as you said, I mean, this is a match that went on in the middle of No Way Out. It was not the main event. Yeah. The show featured a Kurt Angle and The Rock title match mm-hmm. as the main event. Also a really good match. But bookending the Austin and Triple H match, <laughs> this is the first thing I noticed when I'm looking at this show. You have Stephanie McMahon versus yes. Trish Stratus. Yes. Not to mention, we just talked about how a week before Austin gave the stunner to Stephanie. Right. In setting up this program. Right. And now she's back fighting Trish and she's, winning with the help of Regal. She is back wrestling a match. This woman took a stunner and she's wrestling in a match the next week and winning that match. Stars aren't allowed to look injured. And then afterwards, Jerry Lawler, <laughs> who was commentating this match, by the way, won the right for nudity <laughs> against Stevie Richards. The right to nudity versus the right to the cat. Yes. And the right to the cat was given to Steven Richards and the right to censor because Stevie Richards beat Jerry Lawler. Oh, it wasn't the cat or was it the right to the cat or was it the right to Sable? It was the right to the cat. Okay. Sable was just involved. Sable wasn't there, bro. Wasn't she the one under the jacket? I didn't think that was the cat. No. Huh. It was the well, cat. I didn't watch that part. <laughs> okay. I watched, I watched as, soon as, as soon as they showed her and said, right to nudity, I said, eh, Lawler's going to be insufferable here. <laughs> so Sable, Sable was, I'm pretty sure Sable was long gone at this point. Okay. I, I, I don't want to look it up because I'm afraid my phone is, internet's going to die and we'll never be able to reconnect. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Sable was gone for a couple no, of years cat, at that you're, point. You're correct. You're yeah. correct. It's, so yeah, I have the Wikipedia page. So, so those are well. the matches that are bookending this one. This match goes 40 minutes. Yes. And, and it be- it's a hell of a show. It's a stunt show. Yeah. But- I, th- th- there are a couple things that, that <laughs> stood out. Michael Cole gives the worst backstage interview in the history of the WWE before this match. Stone Cold, Stone Cold, are you ready to enter hell next? <laughs> well, he was, he was only a couple years in, like he's still finding only his place. A couple years well, in. Well, this, this is still skinny, you know, blonde tips in yes. the hair, Michael Cole, you know, oh, discovering his in. real self. <laughs> he was in, yeah. he was years, it was what? He's probably been in the company for about five years at this point, right? Four or five years? Yeah. Well, you know what? It, a couple things kind of took me a little bit out of the match. I, I like it overall. It's it's worth watching, definitely. Don't, is, don't get yes. me wrong. That first fall, after the initial, you know, fight ends up and they get into an actual match-match type match, seemed kind of lethargic to me. Well, I don't know how you watched hey, it. Hey, you but, know what? They had to go 20 more minutes in two different matches, and they knew they, they were beating each other up in the second one. Right, but it seemed like they had gassed even. <laughs> it seemed to me that they were just saving energy a little bit because okay. the first fall is the wrestling match. It goes about 15 minutes or so. I, I think they were all pretty even. Like the story of this one is really that the first fall didn't end quickly and then they go into the big time brawls in the second right. and third fall. Like each one got it relatively the same amount of time. It was three separate matches just held back to back to back. Yes. And you, know, you had the first fall, Steve Austin wins with the stunner. So you have the WrestleMania title challenger beating Triple H in a regular wrestling match. Mm -hmm. And that puts Austin up 1-0. The second fall is the street fight. 
And they didn't really go too far outside the ring. Like, they stayed generally either in the ring or right outside the ring. Well, they didn't have to because every ridiculous prop known to man was there. Right. No, there were a lot of weapons. This is where Triple H introduces for the first time on the night the sledgehammer. Uh, the Spanish announce table dies during this match. Like, it makes it through half the show. And that's the, it. The, the sledgehammer is my favorite part because Lawler gets, you had that sledgehammer by you the whole time, JR. Right. I didn't know it was there. I know. And, and JR, uh, Lawler is yelling at Jim Ross to take the sledgehammer away. <laughs> like, take it away from him if you're so worried about him using it. No, it's the one prop I don't like, which always rang a bit false to me, unless even when Foley had it, which is the barbed wire wrapped, uh, quote unquote, two by four. Mm-hmm which is obviously not real barbed wire and and the, and they always kind of avoid the barbs for the most part when they're using it it's like I'm going to hit him with the wood part here and I'm like you have barbed wire on a stick hit him with the barbed wire fool but of course you can't because it's not necessarily real barbed wire but um <laughs> but they did they did at least rub each other quite a lot with this thing they <laughs> did they did rub each other with a lot so you have the street fight going on yeah. And, of course, this is Triple H's element. Steve Austin gets busted open. Mm-hmm. Triple H is the one to go through the Spanish announce table. Yes. Uh, and you just have them, you know, fighting, basically. You have them fighting, and then Triple H hits him with the sledgehammer and then a pedigree and gets the win in his specialty. So they go to the steel cage match, tied one-to-one, and now comes the steel cage. And where... this is what I enjoyed. I enjoyed the third fall, most of all, because the cage match was not the usual stipulations for the cage match where escape or go out the door. Right. They weren't trying to escape, really. Right. I, it was them battling each other with weapons until they could finally get a pinfall. And I don't remember I don't remember them going for really too many pinfalls, if any. No, they were they were they were still kind of in street fight mode because it was kind of clever the what, you know, Triple H kicking the uh barbed wire to the corner there mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, you know, so it'd kind of be out of sight, out of mind when the, when the, uh, you know, cause they, they basically put the cage around a ring with chairs and the barbed wire still. Right. So it was still, you know, it, the, the story was mainly can Austin get his bearings back after being hit by a sledgehammer. And of course the, uh, the ending ends where there where one guy, there's th- Austin have the chair of the barbed wire. I can't remember, but, 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 there's no I think chair. It's a barbed wire. So it's a barbed wire. He has a barbed wire right. and Triple H has the hammer and they both go to hit each other at the same time. Uh, Austin falls down and Hunter falls down on top of Austin. One, two, three. Yeah, they hit each other at the same time, but Austin is the first to fall and Triple H just kind of wobbles before falling and covers him uh, back to chest. And you had uh, Steve Austin was a maniac selling the sledgehammer shots like he was. I don't know if it was a combination of the fact that there was so much shit in the ring and at ringside that he was just tripping over, but he was wobbling all over the place. He's bloody. You know, JR is selling it like a crazy person that these guys have lost so much blood that they can't possibly even know what's going on. Yeah, no, no. Austin is great in this match. I'm just not the biggest Triple H fan in the world. I, th- I thought he was a little bit, for lack of a better term, melodramatic in what he was doing the whole time. <laughs> but Austin, you know, Austin will sell like a champ for you. So, but I mean, that's not to say Triple H's effort wasn't good. It's just, I'm not the biggest triple H. I was always a fan of when triple H would look at the sledgehammer. Like it was his first girlfriend and it was finally the night. (laughs) No, my, my, my slight animosity towards triple H is he, 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 he picks and chooses when he wants to make other guys look good. Like if he's in there with someone who 
you know, if he's quote unquote going over and they're, you know, they have a certain amount of heft, he's going to go all out. If not, he'll sandbag a little bit, but yeah. you know, he's fine here. And he's, you know, this is, this is his element. So, I mean, and, but I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the heck out of that third fall quite a bit. Yeah. Third fall was great. So triple H gets the win here. And leading up to WrestleMania, of course, Steve Austin, now the feud is over between Triple H and Austin. So Austin can focus on the title match he has with The Rock. And Triple H is like, I just beat the guy who's the number one contender. Why don't I have a match for WrestleMania? And that's when The Undertaker comes back and they do Undertaker and Triple H for the first time. And uh, yeah, so... This is 17, right? This is going into 17. And then Kurt Angle, of course, Kurt Angle all the way up to the build of WrestleMania doesn't have a match either because he's not in the championship picture. Oh, and then he yeah he gets the Benoit match uh, Oof, towards yes. the end, of which is the not on up. this list. But <laughs> the Benoit <laughs> match is not on this list. But you know what is no. next up on the list? A WrestleMania match. WrestleMania. Yes. WrestleMania twenty nine. Oh, go ahead mm-hmm. and reveal. You, oh, you want to steal my thunder again? Okay, go ahead. No, reveal it. No, a man swallows his pride and lets his co-host get credit. Yeah, stealing my lines now. Interesting. Well, See? usually you quiz me. You're like, do you know what's do you know what's next? And I did know what's next. You finally know what's next, and I ruined it. I ruined it. Yes. I'm so, so sorry. So who's stealing whose thunder here, brother? Um, there's really no thunder at all. I think we're just You're making right. up thunder at this point. CM Punk I, and The Undertaker. Yes. At WrestleMania 29, CM Punk's final WrestleMania match. A fine match with a terrible build. It was a mess. Yes. We're going to talk about the whole urn thing. We're going to talk about the whole match thing. We're going to talk about the whole CM Punk face turn thing. We're going to talk about the whole Undertaker thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about it, Mang. We're going to talk about that next week. Actually, no, we're going to talk about that in two weeks. Because next week is our big SummerSlam TakeOver preview special and episode number 100, where we play all of the best Jeff clips. (laughs) All two of them. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.